Pickaxe. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, good evening, and welcome to the podcast of this week's One Life Left Radio Show. I'm Simon Byron. I am Steve Curran. Uh, we're not joined by a super special guest this week. We are, we, I, I didn't mention this during the show, Steve, but I have been joined by a fly. Oh. Um, it's been buzzing around all uh, all show, landing on my mug of tea. Sorry um, is it dangerous? to hear is it that, dang- Is it dangerous to drink from that if a fly's been vomiting on it? I think there's worse things going on in your shed. You have that um, drip problem. I did, yes. Um, yes. Uh, we, uh, I haven't encountered that recently, though, because the weather's been so blooming lovely. It's been too lovely, Simon. I came up here um, to my One Life Left studio, a.k.a. The Loft, wearing a jumper, and I've been too hot for the whole show, but I've been unable to take it off because of my massive headphones. I think you're free to do that now, Steve. Like, this is the after hours bit of the podcast. Right. What have you got on underneath there, then? You want to see? I do want to see, yeah. I'm not sure. We're going to find out. Okay. Just to talk you through this now, uh, Steve is now... Um, oh, he, feels, he seems very accomplished in removing a top on the internet. <laughs> I wonder where he's done this before. <laughs> How much... Um, how much would that cost me, Steve? Do you think you can't hear me at the moment? Can I can say whatever I like because his big headphones appear to have been jammed there. And there we go. Uh, you did that in world record time. Thank you very much. Um, really struggled quick. with my massive headphones. Anyway, this is what I'm wearing. Okay, the egg t-shirt. Nice. The egg t-shirt. You know what this is from? No. It's from um, a video game. Oh, it's from. Um, is it from Infinite Crisis? Nope. No. What? It's from um, Jackbox, from the Jackbox Party Pack. Oh, it is. Some it number is. thing, T-shirt, what's it called? There's a game where you make T-shirts, uh, which is very, very clever because they also allow you to buy those T-shirts. Um, and uh, this was a birthday present for me after a friend of the show, James, uh, and I played it when we were away on Marioki Business once. Uh, it's... Um... It's an egg, and it says "never mind" on on it. Um, That's right. It was funny actually, at the time. Talking of that sort of thing, yeah. So the other thing that uh, we were chatting about, Kate and I, as we were finishing off a "Let's Go Jungle," was um, how much we miss Buzz. Hmm. Maybe yeah. I'll, I'll I'll embark on a project to bring that back for next year. Is there a good quiz game at the moment? No. Hmm. There is um, Trivial Pursuit Live on Switch from Ubisoft, and that's not. It's not great, uh, but it's the best of a, of a very limited and poor bunch. Real shame. Yeah. Uh, you remember that sort of phase a f- 
few years ago when there was that live quiz and that was going to be a big thing and everyone's going to play it forever and that really died quite quickly didn't it yeah uh was that called 100 to 1 on the, the xbox Something a thousand like that, to one yeah. a billion to one uh <laughs> no but wasn't there a mobile phone one there was a cell phone one that was oh there was yes yeah. yes mm. <laughs> oh well um good show uh sorry good show adequate show i think coming up uh we don't have any Set expectations guests. yes yeah. um we talk a lot about uh the challenges we've had this week mm. technical etc um not much more to add is there steve no, it was super fun. I enjoyed it. Uh, I hope the listeners do as well. We may be back next week, but probably won't. It's another bank holiday weekend. I hope you all spend it in a more pleasant way than I will. Well, I'll be rooting for you, Steve. Uh, best of luck uh, next weekend. And uh, this then ends our contractual obligation to do a podcast intro. Here's the show. <laughs> Welcome to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. We are a video game radio show and my name is Steve Curran. Hello, I am Simon Byron. How are you, Simon? Very well, thank you, Steve. Uh, feels like summer's here. Shorts mm. are on today. The shed <laughs> is heating up. Uh, the curtains are closed. Mm-hmm. There's no party going on next door for once, honestly. They've, um, they've been having quite a few parties, let me tell you this. You would know because you've got the trampoline, of course. Trampoline. Uh, shuffleboard is what they were playing. Okay. Is the answer. I bounced on up and had a little look. <laughs> I'm surprised you can you can recognise shuffleboard from the few seconds you were hanging in the air. Oh, I'm a very accomplished trampolinist, Steve. Are you? Thank you. I can do um, a few. I was doing my, my tucks and my pikes. Or is mm-hmm. that diving? Um <laughs> Anyway, the the actual truth is that I went into um, Ramona's bedroom and had a good old note uh, out there. I couldn't work out what form of shuffleboard it was, actually. Are there, are there forms of shuffleboard? Well, there must be. Um, I just assumed it was the one where you, you know, you, you I don't have know. end zones and you sort of shuffle a, shuffle a thing up there and, and you score by where it is. That it's is like a, American football. No. Um because uh, there aren't any touchdowns in this, uh, and okay. games don't take several days, and it's pretty easy to understand generally what's going on on shuffleboard. Mm-hmm. But this one, they had goals at sort of like compartments at the end. I don't know. Anyway, they play it. I think that they are drinking the drink while they're playing it, and um, they seem to be having a good time. Sounds nice. Sounds very, very summer. Um, I had a lovely two days. At the Did you Oval. now? Uh, okay. Took the day off work on Friday and uh, it was perfect. I uh, sank into a day of cricket and gentle, you know, that sort of gentle sporting experience where the result doesn't really matter, but it's going in your favour anyway. So even if it did, you'd be happy and it sort of washes over you, uh, you know, good company, 
canned drinks uh, and no evening commitments to rush to. So it's a perfect day. Saturday, I thought I'd get up to watch the cricket and um, actually what happened was uh, Surrey beat the team, beat Kent so quickly that the match was over. Uh, so I didn't go down the oval. Um, and Screw instead, you, Kent. Well, instead... Do we hate them? Do we hate Kent? Uh, no one hates anyone in cricket, Simon. It's not okay. like that. However, um, long-term listeners to the show will know that I also like football and support Stockport County. Uh, it's been a big weekend for you, isn't it? Well, quite. And I thought that match was in the evening and was gearing myself up for the playoff semi-final second leg mentally and then uh, switched on Sky Sports and it turned out we were playing that minute. And so I had gone from like this perfect, relaxed, like very mentally healthy state to suddenly, uh, I mean, it was, uh, you know, a massive acceleration into dread and fear and the kind of emotions that football conveys. And so, uh, so I don't know if you saw the results, Simon. Um, I did, you won 1-0. Well, we did not. We won... 2-1. Well, we oh, won 1-0 okay. after... Yes. So we were 1-0 down from the first leg. We won 1-0 in normal time, went into extra time. We won 2-1, which left the scores level, and it went to penalties, which is the worst thing that can happen in football. Um, and then we won the penalties, which means now we're going to Wembley, Simon. And this should be oh, good. Really? But of course, it's... Oh, we can't, you can come with me if you want. Um, this should be good, but actually... It's just horrifying because it's the hope that kills you. Uh, and next Sunday, this time, next Sunday, I will be dead, figuratively. Oh. I am sure. Well, uh, which means, to answer your question before the show, I don't think we can record a show next week. Because oh, you're going to be at Wembley. Uh, because I'll be at Wembley and I'll be uh, in bits one way or the other. Likely well, one way. I was... Um... I was obviously pleased to see them progress to the final. Doubly mm. so if it means I get the day off. <laughs> so, uh, fantastic. Spare a thought, though, for our friends, uh, the Smiths. Uh, they're Peterborough, Un- Peterborough United fans. Uh, the Smiths, Jonathan Smith uh, from Traveller's Tales and his family. They live pretty close. They've been going to Peterborough for a couple of years. They've really? seen the lows. They saw them mm-hmm. get relegated last year. I was pretty pleased to see Peterborough get out of the championship, actually, because, mm-hmm. uh, as, you, as you know, uh, you play uh, each team in the league twice, home and away. Uh, last season, Peterborough beat my team, Queen's Park Rangers, three times. Imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they were bottom of the league when they did uh, that. And, uh, yes, they got relegated. And so I was dreading them coming back up. Mm. Uh, but they were 4-0 up um, in the first leg. And I saw Jonathan Smith last Saturday. Mm-hmm. And he said, and he should know better than this, mm. he said, you know what, Simon? I think we're on our way to Wembley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, but yeah, that was an extraordinary game uh, this week, uh, mm. d- during the week as well. Um, unbelievable well, scenes. I have to say, though, my tweet, my team, Queen's Park Rangers, have had a horrific uh, season, which I was very, very pleased to see the back of. Mm-hmm. And I've been really enjoying weekends without having to look at the football. Yeah, I mean, genuinely, like, when we... <laughs> when we went... what When we conceded an extra time, I was like, great, it's over. I get my life back, you know, and obviously I was devastated for seconds, but now what happens is we have a week of that, but we could, couldn't we? We could. Could. 
It's the hope. Well, anyway. I, I would be rooting for you, Steve. Thank you. Sir. I would like you to go up. I wouldn't like Luton to go up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then for the other playoff, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Whoever. Everyone can go up in the final playoff. <laughs> We are uh, One Life Left. We are a video game radio show. Uh, we'll be talking about games a little bit uh, in the new section, which Simon has delivered via Charles Spot. That'll happen in a few moments. Um, the sound you can hear in the background is Simon frantically clicking through something. What are you? What are you clicking? Is it? Can you hear me clicking? Yeah, really aggressively. I'm just deciding whether to buy PGA Tour Golf. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's the actual truth. Why does it take that many clicks? Uh, because I've got confused about. Because you can buy it, right? It's on sale at the moment, £35.99, mm-hmm. down from 60 quid. Okay. No thanks. Um, that's £35.99. But the deluxe edition is £44.99. And I was trying to see what's in the deluxe edition and whether I need it. Jumpstart right. your PGA Tour career. Maybe uh, we'll drill a bit more into your affection for golf games later in the show, because we don't have a guest today. Um, but we will have uh, the the reviews. We have got at least one letter in the mailbag and yeah uh maybe even sneaking a simon byron's fast five if you don't have enough to yeah, say about golf games i do okay great um any other business not currently steve producer phil is watching us this week um so it's nice to have a, an eye on us making sure we don't step out of line isn't it uh it is in some i mean but he's a bit he's taking a sip of a drink there <laughs> Uh, All right, time I for. Should, I think he should be on the show. I think he should be speaking. All right, mate. We need a fill section, don't we? We, we need do a need a fill. Yeah. Right. Well, that's it. Yeah, we need a t- time to fill. That's what we should do. <laughs> when we want to get our things to say. <laughs> time for the news. Me, Charles, but 1.0. The CEO of Take-Two has claimed that consumers are not pushing back on the $70 price point on their current-gen games. However, other games competitors have offered discounts on A-Delay games within days and weeks of release. With Take-Two cashing in on the pandemic with more people at home and the economic recession still being felt, They have even released a game for $1.70 that has since been discounted 33%. As the industry leaders set their games at $1.70, consumers have started to feel pressure as other publishers have followed suit. Threatening to push the CEO of Take-Two over may be a bit much, but the consumer pressure over $70 game prices is real. Uh, That is Charles in analytical mode uh, with a reference to pushing them over, I, I assume. Well, the story is about he's not seeing pushback from consumers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I wondered uh, whether the we could get the AI to threaten to push over the CEO of Take-Two. I mean, it took a few goes and was still pretty clunky towards the end, uh, but we get the gist. Yeah, apparently Take-Two saying that it's not seeing a pushback on $70 to games, but as referenced in that story, they do seem very quick to discount them once, <laughs> once they're yeah. launched. So I, I'm not quite certain whether this is true or not. Hmm. Um, I spent, uh, what was it, 60 quid on, on Zelda, um, something like that. It's the first game I've bought at that price point for a, a long time. Uh, I'm feeling very much like I get 
value for money of that uh, value for money for that, but partly because of the size and the scope and the and the brilliance of the game. But secondly, because it's really nice to be part of the zeitgeist, right? It's nice to know everyone else is playing that thing and be able to take part in that conversation. It feels to me that that's really what they're monetizing right now at that price point, because everyone knows these games are going to drop uh, significantly after launch. Not for Nintendo uh, things, of course, but. Um, almost every other publisher yes i mean obviously your money bags aren't you so you don't mind paying i mean i think it was 49.99 was was the actual price but you don't mind chucking an extra 20 10 pounds in do you was it uh well i only paid 42 pounds for it because i'm you know i'm i'm quite tight when it comes to spending well I, i buy a lot of games I cannot afford to buy them at full price. Um, and I think I've got mm. mine pre-ordered. You're furiously tapping away now. Just I am. I'm just fact, fact-checking. Genuinely um, checking checking how much. You, I, I just... I, I, oh, it doesn't I, matter to you, does it? Just yeah. stick it on Money's the company no account. Just stick it on the one yes, I left. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, I I, um, I ordered it ages ago, so I've, I've completely forgotten in a kind of... kind Because of, I actually didn't put it through the One Life Left account and thought... How would I, I know? probably could have done. How would I know? As for the account, Simon, you're a director. Yeah, That's you how you me. would know. Oh, okay. Well, then they don't appear to be being sent to me when I ask for them. Um, are you sure <laughs> that you've given me the correct email address for our accounts team? Don't know. I'll ask, um, ask, ask HR. Uh, I will do do. Uh, yeah. So I think yeah. So I paid forty two pounds for it. So even mm-hmm. you know even at launch on and the irony is you pay cheaper for the physical version which mm-hmm. costs more to make than the digital version mm-hmm. well sorry costs more to distribute um uh just because yeah just to save a few pounds here and there um you are right N- nintendo games typically do not get big discounts but every other game is getting discounted very very quickly after launch and i think um i'd be surprised if this is the case if take two um aren't seeing any pushback now you know when they put out gta 6 which are which is due within the next year, the next 12 months. You know, I'm certain that they won't see much pushback there. But, um, yeah, right now, I I, I just – if you keep an eye on the stores, you see how quick everybody is to promote and discount. And, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, if you start higher, a 20% discount is still selling it for more than you were if it wasn't uh, that much to start with. But, um, yeah, I think I think everybody is so price conscious at the moment that um, I just can't see that it's not impacting things to put games out at seventy dollars. It won't impact GTA Six though, will no. it? What no, do no, you no, think? No, no. What do you think they're going to price that at? Oh, good. Well, <laughs> mm. it'll be the base version. Can you imagine well, exactly. navigating what the what the deluxe edition is <laughs> going to be like? Uh, yeah, I dread to think. All right, story two: the highly anticipated game, The Legend of Zelda. Tears of the Kingdom made an impressive start by selling 10 million units worldwide and 54% higher than the best-selling game of the year, four days after its release. With critics and fans praising the game as one of the long-running franchise's high points, I'm sure my wife won't be happy with me spending all my time playing it. But honestly, I couldn't care less. (laughs) (laughs) Continuing to... (laughs) <laughs> so, so where we are now with Charles Bot and his yeah. family life is, is uh, I'm beginning uh, to try and and weave a narrative yeah. thread through. <laughs> so, <laughs> I imagine in a few weeks' time, Charles Bot will be sat outside gambling shops, drinking <laughs> and shouting at cars because his his wife's left him. But let's see. You are an AI storyteller, Simon. 
Um, it's really nice, like just talking to the uh, previous story as well. It's really nice just glancing at my Switch friends list now, and there are seven people online, and six of them are playing The Legend of Zelda. Um, are you friends with Gary Penn as well, then? Because he, I'm not. He stubbornly, he, similar to you, mine is full of everybody playing mm. Zelda, apart from Gary Penn, who's still playing Splatoon too. <laughs> um, that's uh, those are some big sales numbers, aren't they, Simon? Oh, they've done very well for themselves, haven't they? Um, yeah, I, it, you know, it's um, as you say, it does feel nice that everybody is enjoying it at the moment. Uh, so everyone's playing it at the moment, I should say. I, I, uh, Dexter came over today. Uh, we spent some time together and we sort of talked about how we're playing Zelda. And um, I think I'll talk about it now because I'm not going to talk about it in the review section. But um, he said, how are you getting on with Zelda? And I said, yeah, all right. I said, I, I mean, I'm playing it, but I'm, I'm not sure if I'm enjoying it. Uh, and he said, I feel the same way as well. Um, mm. And then he said, um, he said, yeah, I'm, I, I'm playing it differently uh, this time around. And I said, yeah, I'm doing that too. And he said, I bet you're not doing what I'm doing. And I said, well, I've decided to just um, unlock all the towers. That's what I'm doing now. So um, I've cleared, I did the first story beats that it nudges you towards, did the big boss. And then I just felt, I feel so underpowered. Uh, I feel uh, lacking in weapon inventory um and armor certainly uh that i thought oh do you know what i'm gonna do i'm just gonna go and unlock the map and see what happens and that's so that's that's what i'm doing at the mm. moment but it's still still not certain i'm enjoying it i'll be honest with you uh, it's nice and it's fine and it's and it's fun to be in that world um but when i did do that 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 gameplay moment it was a boss fight uh um, you know, you need to sort of buff yourself in order to get to that area. I cannot stand that sort of thing because mm-hmm. uh, every second you waste going down a dead end or whatever, you know, like, oh, well, I've only got this long left to keep warm. Um, so, yeah, I will, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure whether I will finish this one, Steve. We'll see. I, I mean, I, it's the only game I've played this week, so I will talk about it in the review section. But it was nice as well. Last night um, we did a karaoke show uh, in... East London, Stratford. And it was really great, uh, but it was all anyone was talking about. Like, these people who sort of run each, into each other at every Mariochi gig, and the small talk was literally, you know, so how are you getting on? You know, no one even needed to say the name of the game they're playing. So it's certainly captured attention and yes. an awful lot of money. Disney has released an update for their game Speedstorm, that nerfs a previously powerful character, Mike Wazowski, after previously claiming they wouldn't be making any changes to the character. Sully's unique skill has also been strengthened in this update. This is not the first time Disney has lied about an issue. Other previous examples of Disney lying include false claims about the length of its movies, making false promises about its theme park rides, and lastly creating false expectations regarding its customer service. (laughs) Wow, Charles. To be clear, this is the AI talking and not uh, One Life Left or its representatives. Mm. Um, yes, so uh, Disney Speedstorm, a game I've, I'm quite interested in but haven't played. Have you, Steve? Um, no, I think I've mentioned it on the show that it's very clear that, uh, or it seems to me, that if you look at Dreamlight Valley and if you look at what that is, which is essentially Animal Crossing but with a battle pass, 
and and the Disney IP. This is that, but for Mario Kart. So it's Mario Kart, but with uh, Battle Pass content and Disney IP. And I assume that that's what they've decided their major model is now. They're probably going to work through genres, uh, assuming these are successful. Um, I have... I do want to play it. Uh, similar way, I want to play the new Lego racing game mm, as well. Uh, I have both of them in my queue, and I have not had time to play either. So little time, so many games. Yes, uh, but this is an example of um, them adjusting game pa- gameplay balance on the fly. Uh, there's no download for this, so um, all of this stuff is server-based, it seems. Um, but for those of you that had got good using uh, Mike Wazowski's hold-the-door skill. Uh, you need to get good elsewhere, I'm afraid. Do you know anything about the specific circumstances here? Like, is uh, why would they say they were not going to adjust it and and then change their minds about that? Yeah, very strange. Uh, very strange um, way to handle this. Mm. Um, I did ask Charles to give other examples of times that uh, Disney had... Uh, misled, alleged. Uh, um, do I have to say allegedly, Phil? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> raising his eyebrows. No, apparently not. Uh, it's the AI that said that. Other examples, and that's and that's what he came up with. I've got no idea about those either. Mm. Um, I saw they've shut down the Star Wars hotel as well. You see that? What? Uh, yeah. The uh, why? You know. When? How? <laughs> so they're um, they're big thing of uh, that they announced i don't know a couple of years ago and launched i think last year something like that uh galaxy's was edge at galaxy's edge you can stay in a hotel and it becomes an, an an arg right you go and you're on this big galaxy cruiser and you can participate in storylines and you can drink star warsy drinks and stay in star warsy beds and that kind of thing um and it's just not working out for them uh, i guess financially and uh, they haven't they haven't said the reasons that they're closing it, but I believe it hasn't been selling out. And the price is something like $4,000 for a couple of nights uh, right. per person. So, yeah, that closes so we, so, October. So we, so we think that perhaps they were seeing some pushback on the <laughs> pricing, were they? <laughs> they should talk to Take-Two, shouldn't they? Next Wednesday, Sony will be presenting their upcoming PlayStation Showcase featuring some highly anticipated new games and new IPs for PS5 and PSVR 2. They will be showing off games from PlayStation Studios, third-party developers and indie creators. As part of the Summer Game Fest, PlayStation will also announce a new game, Kingdoms of Wanderlust, an action-adventure game set in a mythical world where the player must go on quests, battle enemies and forge alliances with up to three friends in their journey to restore the kingdom's former glory. Is that true? Or is that you telling the AI to make up an announcement? There you go. There you go. Look at the clever AI. The fact you had to ask, Steve, I think, implies that it was a, a triumph in artificial intelligence. Invent a game that they're going to announce, I said. Kingdoms of Wanderlust. <laughs> hey! I'd buy it. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. sound good, doesn't it? It does sound good. Uh, do we know anything that's going <laughs> to... I mean, if if we knew it was going to be announced there... Then it wouldn't be an announcement there. Would are there any rumours though? Well, uh, seeing some more on Spider Man Two mm-hmm. uh, is a pretty safe bet. I would have thought. I suspect um, uh, there will be some news on Bloodborne PC, uh, although that's not 
uh, alluded to here. They say specifically um, PS5 and PSVR 2, um, but some uh, scrapers, is that what they call them? The people that look at code mm-hmm. have seen some um, movement on Bloodborne, apparently, on PC, so that might be coming. Yeah, um, we are into the summer season now, aren't we? So we should start to see a number of announcements from uh, all parties. We mentioned last week how many events uh, Jeff was mm. masterminding. Uh, and this will be the first one that will kick off. Um, be interested to see what they say for PlayStation VR 2. Jim Ryan has been talking this week about how it's how you shouldn't judge the success of the of the uh, of the format on its sales so far, <laughs> um, which isn't something you usually say if it's selling loads. No. Is it? Um, <laughs> so, judge it on the, uh, exactly. on the sale. Judge it right now on the sales. Please That's all feel we have to free. Say. Exactly. Um, so yeah, be interesting to see uh, what they come up with there. Um, I've not got, uh, I haven't played PSVR two yet. But I have, I've seen it running. I saw it GDC. It looks mightily impressive. Uh, so but... I, I have now. Uh, I've used used a PSVR two. Um, oh, nice. Yeah. What was I, it like? I was really impressed with the with the interface. I guess the the you know in. Uh, in in quest where you uh, paint the floor where you draw out the yes. map of where you are yep. in PSVR 2 uh, you kind of just look around and paint it with your eyes uh, and I quite liked that um, oh because it tracks then, where you're looking doesn't it mm, uh, it was yeah I just thought that was quite slick and quite natural and then I played the Am I allowed to talk about this? Yeah, I must be able to. Uh, I played the unreleased Sea Smash, the reboot of Cosmic Smash. Ooh, which I really like? enjoyed. Uh, really, really good. Like, it's obviously a perfect fit for VR. Um, it being one of the mechanics that VR does really well is hitting a ball in that space. As I know from uh, working on the cricket game that I never released. Um, but yeah, it's it's exactly what you'd expect that game to be um and it did make me want a psvr uh i am not going to get one because i don't have a playstation so i would need i would need both of those things but you know as ever sony if you're listening we are a valid media outlet outlet uh and we require everything in triplicate and we'd be very happy to not judge anything until you tell us to yeah Never do. All right, story five. Recently, The Legend of Zelda. Tears of the Kingdom became the sixth game in the past 30 years to receive perfect ratings from both Edge magazine and Famitsu magazine. Four of these six games have been in the Zelda franchise, making this an even bigger milestone for the beloved series, despite achieving the rare feat. Games such as Elden Ring and Grand Theft Auto 4 have been just one point short of getting both awards. I am highly annoyed that Broken Sword 3 did not meet the marker to receive both accolades, calling out the journalists for their incompetence. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I, just, I just said at the end of that story, just say how you feel. Mm. Just say how you feel. He always does. Uh, I'm surprised Elden Ring didn't get a 10 in Edge. Feels like a 10 to me. Yeah. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I... Uh, um, Obviously doing very well critically, um, you know, and do put my sort of niggles to one side. I'm not saying it's bad. I, yeah, I think part of my 
part of my issue with it is that I feel like I've done most of it before. It took a long time to get through the end of it. And yeah, it does feel very similar. So I'm sort of struggling with having to do it all again. However, um, David Jaff uh, criticised The Legend of Zelda uh, Tears of the Kingdom this week by calling it bland and old looking. And everybody on the internet was very, very grumpy with him. Yeah, but that's what he does, right? He's uh, he's as I understand it, not really a game developer anymore. He's just a, he's a wannabe. Yeah, he is a troll. He's yeah. a wannabe uh, Alex Jones, uh, what's the name, Joe Rogan uh, type for video games. That's what he's aspiring to be, to go on and shout loudly and confidently about something and get people um, talking about it. And then people, you know, if people get angry, then they're talking about him and that's a success, Right. Yeah, it you know, it's running on old hardware. Um, but if you think that the actual game would be better just because it's a bit shinier and the trees look better, then I don't really think you're much of a game designer, honestly. Um, and bland, like, again, the gameplay is anything but bland. Uh, it's variously textured across all of the things you have to do. I do have... I, I think if you're looking at it as a game... Like and looking at it as the game mechanics and the collection of game mechanics and the world, the solidity of the world and the adventure that you have within it, it is as objectively as anything subjective can be a set a ten out of ten. I, I think it's perfect, and I, I get that it's not for everyone. Everyone, like, not everything can be for everyone, and and that's fine. But it does everything that it wants to do, and it does it really well. However, the plot is garbage, and the voice acting is terrible but also is a delivery of terrible lines like really embarrassing the cutscenes are are just appalling like sub final fantasy garbage and it makes me i i, I don't want to say that like and sound like someone who goes i want a serious zelda i want a real one can't link get a bit gritty can't it be an hbo series or something like that i don't want that but i do feel like I, i'm playing it i'm like this is for children this is for stupid children. But the plot is like labyrinthine and nonsensical as well. So it's actually that bit is pitched at adults, but the delivery of it is for seven-year-olds, like younger. It's embarrassing. Um, so <laughs> I'd rather it, you know, it, it really sank into it. I don't know the kind of, you know, people said the Wind Waker was for kiddies or whatever, but sink into that. If you're going to be for kids, be for kids. And you can still have rich and brilliant and beautiful gameplay. At the moment, that part of it falls um, falls awkwardly for me. And if I was scoring it, and I don't believe in scores, I would find it challenging to say it's perfect from that respect. Because an adult might then go, oh, I'd quite like to play that, and then be stuck in a conversation with some bird people talking in anime voices. And you'd be like, oh, yeah, I mean, ignore that. Just look into the game mechanics. It's all part of the same package in it. Seven in out it. of ten. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's the news section, isn't it? But it was more of a review section this week. Thanks, Charles Bott. One life left. Video game news. With me, Charles Bott 1.0. Simon, how are you getting on with your PGA purchasing? 
again, you know, I've seen some pushback. <laughs> I've seen some pushback. <laughs> it's £35.99. I do like golf games. Uh, I haven't I haven't pushed the button yet. Simon Barron's Fast Five, five favourite golf games. Uh, well, obviously, leaderboard. Uh, there is uh, PGA 2K21 and 23, uh, both of which I own. Turbo Golf Racing, I very much enjoy. Golf Club Wasteland. Uh, that's five, isn't it? Easy. Yeah, that was easy for you. Um, I do like golf games. I don't yeah, know why. Really? I don't why? know why. You don't know. Well, you know, it's uh, it's a skill based, um, turn based strategy game that you can play pretty much at your own pace. Mm. Um, you know, other golf games I could have mentioned, uh, Everybody's Golf, Hot Shot Golf, etc., uh, are all fantastic. Um, I just find it very rewarding um, and have done since I played leaderboard on the Amiga. Hey, uh, hot news this week, by the way, talking of which, I was on, um, you know, as, as I'm sure it, well, this probably won't be news to you even, because I think as I'm saying it, you will have seen it. Uh, but on the uh, Muse subreddit this week, um, <laughs> they were discussing um, the similarities between the arpeggios in uh, Bliss and the title track from uh, Top Gear on the SNEDs. <laughs> um and wondering where um oh it's fascinating wondering mm. whether um matt bellamy was um a snes owner now uh some person pointed out it's never been it's never been revealed whether he owned a snes so you know <laughs> that part we just we simply don't know Steve, and it would be it would be improper of us to speculate however and it did say this famously he did own an amiga <laughs> which means which means he may well have read the one mm. magazine which i wrote for he probably and did. edited which means i could have helped shape a young matt bellamy and inspired him to become the most prodigious guitarist this country has ever produced have you noticed any of uh you know your turns of phrase copying cropping up in Muse's <laughs> lyrics. Yeah. Uh, not yet, but I will, you know, I will give them a fresh listen with that news is that, you know, I think, I, I think, I think there's a chance, Steve. And when we meet and fall in love, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and I can discuss his work and the impact it made on me, he could have a similar <laughs> stuff about my cover discs. I'm going to get a... Uh... Chat GPT to write that fan fiction for me oh, and get Charles Bot to read it next week. All right, it's time for the letters. Or potentially time for the letter, right? Chris Conroy wrote, uh, Dear team, Charles Bot 1.0 and SSG. I spent a very pleasant few days watching one of the kids get to grips with Horizon Forbidden West this weekend. I was surprised at how engaging it was for a spectator, and I was secretly pleased that it wasn't me having to commit to memory 73 permutations of buttons just to make it through the tutorial. Also, I lolled at their reaction when the opening credits rolled after a few hours of gameplay. Is this the end? I have little desire to sit and watch YouTube playthroughs, but I've always enjoyed watching alongside someone who's having a good time, however obscure the game is. I've got happy memories of an all-nighter watching someone completing Crusader. No remorse. A game that I would never dream of playing myself. Do you have any favourite memories of watching others play through games? And why is it so much fun? Your couch cooperation correspondent, Chris Conroy. 
It's a great mm. question, Chris. Thank you for that. Um, I uh, I do enjoy watching people play games that I have played, um, mm. where I know what is coming. I do uh, struggle to sit and watch people play things I haven't yet, just in case I want to. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I haven't taken much pleasure in that myself. I do recall talking about the old days of the magazines, um, uh, so when I was on the one, there was a period when there were just two of us writing it, me and David Upchurch. And, um, we, we, I think we, we worked sort of three months straight, um, at one point while we were looking to hire a staff writer, like without a day off, without, it's all that was weekends and all that sort of stuff. And then one particular lonely time, it may well have been over on Easter, uh, that David bought his then girlfriend, now wife, um, into the office. And, uh, while we were doing some work, she went into the games room to um play the secret of monkey island and um she was struggling at one particular puzzle no shame in that you know those games are famously obscure um but she was on uh she was on one puzzle for a while and um david uh said look uh, the solution is use the fish on the on the pen um to, to convince the circus master that he's a spaceman or something like that, you know, something straightforward. Um, she was very angry with him and um, that he told her the solution. Um, and then having heard it, she then pretend, proceeded to try and solve <laughs> using every other combination of objects on the other one, just to show um, that uh, she didn't need <laughs> Any input at that point? Uh, so that's the opposite of what Chris is describing. But um, yeah, I've, I've uh, never about... understood the appeal of, of of watching people play games rather than playing them. I find it very difficult to take a back seat in these things, not participate. I like being in the room with people. Uh, uh, if you're trying to, you know, solve something together, um, don't need to have possession of the controller at that point. But that kind of non-interactive version of interactivity for me strips away the point i guess there's something to be said for the joy of watching someone react to something in an unexpected way especially in uh, games which are mechanical storytelling games so I, i especially don't understand the idea of watching someone play through eg the last of us or whatever where it's beat for beat the same when everyone plays it but if someone's playing through a game of dwarf fortress uh where they are constructing a thing and the, the way they're constructing it is interesting but also the random events that happen to them and the story of their fortress that unfolds will be unique to them and that playthrough that makes sense to me to watch that um but i've never personally sunk into that no and obviously we're talking about in person as opposed to watching people play it on twitch and youtube which i which i do find very entertaining mm, yes of course naturally it's it's uh, you know it's a modern medium uh, arguably the greatest creative invention of the 21st century and it'd be crazy to think uh, anything else do we have any Wouldn't more letters just uh, not in our inboxes anything on the discord uh let me have a oh i closed discord because it was going beep 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 at me uh there was a bit of a there was a bit of a you know our previous two guests the uh, Tony Gowland and James Parker have been kicking off a bit around about around on Mortal Kombat, um, because the uh, 
<laughs> those of you who have listened to the last two shows will know that there was some each of them raised an issue with the other on their various levels of expertise well um uh where is it in show chat uh i don't know anyway you'll have to join the discord to find out you can do that by going to hello.onelifeleft.com following the links there or you can find the link that phil will doubtless place in the show notes if you join the discord by the way it's not just a great place to leave letters for us or a great place to see our guests fighting with each other about old games uh but a very very good place to receive a unique One Life Left listener number, which will correspond to a game you have been given, you will be given for review. Um, and uh, yeah, you only get that if you join the Discord. So we will see you there. Did you watch the Mortal Kombat reveal, Steve? I did not watch the Mortal Kombat reveal. Did you, Simon? I, I did. I was I was tempted today. I didn't get around to it, so it didn't happen. Um, to record the audio of Dexter watching it earlier. Um, uh, it's like a two-minute trailer. I'm not sure if he had seen it. Um, but uh, it's a two-minute trailer, which begins uh, in a very cinematic way, uh, and then about halfway through, it's just obscene. It's just... <laughs> it's honestly... I mean, I'm surprised that it's legal to show what, that. What sort kind of. of obscene? Not the sexy obscene, Steve. Oh, okay. Um, this is, uh, you know, in p- people doing things to each other that they shouldn't be doing. That could be... Uh, <laughs> 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 it isn't that one either. Um, uh, or them uh, up to that. Yeah, it's just violent. It's just... Who'd have thought It's extraordinarily... It? No, but even so, like, you mm-hmm. know that Mortal Kombat... It's gratuitous. I, I, I mean, it's it's just it's astonishing. It's I'm surprised this isn't been on the front of all the newspapers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Do you think yeah. um, it's just a sign that you might be getting old, Simon? <laughs> maybe, maybe. Is, you know, I don't know. What would you have I said mean, if someone had pulled you up, you know, and said that those games are a bit violent, Simon? Shouldn't be allowed. Twenty years ago. These games shouldn't be allowed. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway, you lot enjoy that. Will you young people enjoy that playing? uh, uh, I mean, uh, it's it's unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable. All right. uh, So, again, if you have any letters for us, please email. Team at onelifeleft.com. Otherwise... Uh, we'll have a very short letter section again next week. Thank you to Chris, at least. Uh, right. Let's have a jingle, and then we'll be back after this. You're listening to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. We're a video game radio show. Uh, we broadcast on the best radio station in the world in London, but we're also a podcast. You can find the podcast at www.onelifeleft.com or on your favourite podcast provider, which might be Spotify or... Is iTunes still a thing? It's not, is it? Apple Music. That's what it's called, I think. Whatever. Uh, You know, those kinds of things. Um, There you can read the show notes which have been put together by our producer, Phil, who from next week will be running a section called Filler. Um... (laughs) It's a shame that will be from next week because it feels like we'll need some of that today. Um, uh, any other 
things to say in this pre-review section? Yes, well, can I talk to the effort I went to in order to play the game that I'm going to review? Please do. So, for a while, well, uh, yeah, I've coveted uh, the Sindon light gun um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. peripherals. And then when Robert Wells emailed in a, f- a few shows ago, I mean, it probably wasn't. It was probably years ago, wasn't it? I mean, who knows what time <laughs> it's anymore anyway, uh, to talk about him setting them up and stuff. again, you know, once again, I was envious of the life that he leads. And um, so I decided to hop on board. Um, I was driven by the desire to... Um, it was Kate's birthday this week. Um, and so, you know, we have a child and we don't have any family near us, which means we don't leave the house very often. So I was trying to think of a fun thing that we could do as a birthday treat for her. Um, and what I settled on was buying some Sindon light guns and playing uh, the arcade game Let's Go Jungle, which is a game that she loves. And me and her have played many times in arcades and I thought wouldn't it be great to set that up in the house um, and surprise her with that now um, just to rewind a little bit like the Sindon light gun is a independently made light gun which is theoretically compatible with lots of old arcade and console games should you own the original ROMs and play them through emulation is that correct? Yeah, you know, you can't move for the uh, the Let's Go Jungle arcade machine that I have in my yeah. house already <laughs> and um and last time we talked about it, there was a big waiting list to order, you know, to get hold of a Sindon. If you ordered them, they'd arrive in six months' time. Is that still the case? Uh, Two-week shipping time. Um, so uh, they don't tell you that until after you've ordered it. So that adds a little bit of pressure when you're doing something for mm-hmm. someone's birthday. But I did, um, you know, I had understood that there was a little bit of tinkering needed in order to get this working. Now, um, it is a solution... Um, uh, made independently uh, because um, light guns operated on a different technology that was only possible with uh, uh, old TVs and so projectors and LCDs and OLEDs, QLEDs, what have you, are incompatible with the old hardware. So this is a, a solution uh, which addresses that and it does that by um, it. Uh, you run some software which puts a white border around the screen and the guns themselves have cameras in them which are looking for where the white border is and then um, positioned the crosshairs appropriately. Um, and so, you know, this won't work on closed formats. It doesn't work currently on any of the consoles. Uh, so you have to run it through PC um, or uh, your uh, your Pi um, or what have you. Um, and so, yeah, I bought two recoil guns, red and blue, and they arrived in very good time, Steve, for me to... Do some light tinkering in order to get an old arcade game up and running in our house. Um, I believe that I will have spent, well, certainly um, the period between me receiving the guns and me getting it working was probably about four weeks of on and off tinkering, um, after hours tinkering, um, just trying to get the software uh, downloaded and, you know, and to, and to find where my backups of the ROMs were. Um, uh, was a long time. Uh, there was a, there's a website, uh, Time Extension, which is very good. Uh, thoroughly recommend it. It's mainly about um, old arcade games and stuff like that. Um, they reviewed the Sindon Light Gun recently, and they gave it 
9 out of 10 excellence, pros, accurate performance, good build quality, excellent optional upgrades, cons, limited to Windows and Linux at the moment, needs opti optimal conditions to work properly. Those are the only two cons. It doesn't mention anything else about the hassle that you need to go to. So Hold I did on, a couple of things. That second con is quite a big one. Needs optimal conditions to work properly. Yeah, and it's to do with um, the light behind you when mm -hmm. you are using it because it's, it's optical based. If you are playing it with a window that's reflecting on the screen and it then right. it doesn't know and so yeah it's 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 not the perfect solution um well the perfect solution is to have a let's go jungle cabinet right which you already do yeah. what well, you're looking exactly. for here is an imperfect solution just to exactly. throw light it was too onto... perfect it was too yeah. perfect <laughs> um so i uh, uh you have to get it working with um some uh with an interpreter called techno parrot Mm -hmm. um, which uh, has a collection of games that it works specifically with. There is, there is an era of arcade games that are predominantly PC-based, and what this does is it enables home PCs to run arcade software that you already own on it. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, it comes with a load of providers. providers. Some games won't work on AMD uh, chipsets other games uh have other sort of quirks here and there and so actually getting you know getting the game to boot and run at the right speed and also show all of the sprites quite important when you were playing a shooting game was an absolute uh task um the other thing is uh maybe two days before kate's birthday i was like oh okay i've got i've got the software working right? i've got the arcade i've got the got let's go jungle working uh, running on my PC, um, but I could only get one light gun uh, working at the time rather than two together. And that's not the point of Let's Go Jungle, as we'll talk about shortly. So I'm like, oh, I've come so close. Like, she's going to have a rubbish birthday uh, <laughs> night. Um, and so I was getting quite frustrated with that. And then just through some random Googling one night, and it's never mentioned anywhere, this, apart from on this reddit post or a forum mm. post i forget which one it was which says oh yeah to get two players running uh, you have to run two instances of the same application of the same sindon light gun application so you have well, to open the application twice <laughs> well that makes sense simon it's two players well exactly now but at no point was it ever mentioned that that was something that you needed to do <laughs> Um, anyway, uh, yeah, I got them again, and 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 what? And now it's out in the open. Now that now that the surprise has happened, mm. um, I have got a collection of ROMs on the Steam Deck, uh, which is all the old light gun games um, that are compatible with it, including Point Blank, mm -hmm. uh, Steam, and Point Blank Two, House of the Dead. Uh, so yeah, I'll be hopefully starting to work my way through those. Now it's working. So look, it's uh, they are an expensive solution to a, um, a technological issue that is far from perfect. Uh, intensely frustrating to get to close to where you are, and it's often a case of two steps forward, one step back. But I have to say, once it's up and running, it is fantastic. So one life left. Hardware review. <laughs> yeah. Time for the reviews. Ah, Simon. Um, I, I mean, it feels wrong to make you go uh, to go to reviews. So, I've been playing Zelda. Oh yeah. Yeah. See, I've uh, seen you've been playing Zelda. Have you? You've been following. Yeah. yeah so I've been playing Zelda. Uh, it's amazing, uh, astonishing world to explore. I think it's incredibly cleverly designed 
And as a games designer, that's what stands out to me about it. I met another designer last night at Marioki, um, and he said, how are you getting on with it? And I said, the, the thing that overwhelms me about it is the number of people who must have worked on that game in order to produce a game of that size that is so polished in every instance. Now, it does feel like each of those instances is kind of a game in itself, specifically the shrines, which we've all been through before, but it feels like each of these is like someone's been given it and gone, hey, make a game that, you know, uh, teaches the player how they might use this in the open world, but also doesn't feel like a tutorial level. And everyone's done one of those, or five of those or whatever. It feels like um, such a mammoth undertaking to produce that is one thing, but to produce it in such a solid way to make it so... I mean, I don't want to say bug-free, like, I haven't experienced anything that even amounts to a glitch in the game. Um, the thing that struck me today is er the world feels so solid, like, absolutely, there is no um, glitching through textures or walls, everything just feels real and solid, and almost that they have then added this mechanic that allows you to pass through rock, um, in a, a vertical sense somewhat feels like trolling like to people who you know make these big open worlds where you fall through the floor and they're like yeah you don't do that in our game but we'll add it in to make you feel better uh, it's it's yeah phenomenal I, I, I there's so much design to unwrap I do I do understand I think what you're saying in that I'm playing it sometimes because it's comfortable rather than it astounds me or amazes me. It's lovely to just wander around the get, uh, the countryside and I put it on and I'm like, what am I going to do? What do I want to do? Well, I kind of don't want to do anything. As I've said earlier in the show, there is no drive from a story sense. I don't care what is going to happen next in the main plot. I have no interest in really helping out any of the characters uh, that I've seen around the world. And yeah, there's that sort of general drive that you get in all video games, which is essentially tidying up. I want to get all of the thing here, so I want to visit all the wells, or I want to collect all the Korok seeds, or I want to go up all the towers like you're saying, or I want to unlock all the shrines. I just like getting all of those things, so sure, that exists. But really, the reason I'm playing is because it's nice and it's comfortable. And sometimes that's what you need, right? Sometimes that's what you want in games. You want to sink into a comfy pair of shoes, where you've been, it's like you playing Far Cry every week. You know what you're going to get and you enjoy those mini loops and you get something out of it and the thing that you're getting is an attack helicopter mowing down uh, wildlife uh, in a far-flung locale. I, I'm, I'm getting just a sense that I don't have to worry about anything. It's Zelda, it's going to be smart, it's going to reward me in the short term because I'm solving some puzzles that have been put together by very, very smart designers. Um, and yeah, I'm having a nice time. Uh, I think it's an astonishing achievement and it doesn't blow my mind in the same way that, for example, Mario Odyssey did with its enormous creativity in every single moment. Uh, but it does intimidate me to a point where I'm very, very glad I don't make games on that scale. Seven out of ten. Yeah, I, I think maybe my my issue with it is to stop thinking of it as a game and think of it more as a pastime. I think my mm. frustration is that I want to finish it and actually I shouldn't be in a hurry to. No. Um, but, you know, I'm time poor, Steve. 
It's, but it's actually true. That's a good point as well because I, I remember on the, the first one, Breath of the Wild. I was really enjoying the same thing, pottering around in this world, having something to fill in five minutes, um, and I actually got drawn into the quest and like, oh, I'll just clean this up, finish the main quest, finish the storyline, and then never went back to the game and lost that pastime. So again, I, I don't think I will follow uh, the main plot until I absolutely have to in this one. You got all the hearts. Mm. Yes, that's what I would do. Um, yeah, I mean, I will, I will, I will keep pottering around. I think, um, but yeah, I just feel, you know, I've said before, I'm not very good at games, and so every encounter, I've died so many times in Zelda Same. already. But it doesn't um, matter, and that's beautiful as well. It's never well. It's very generous with its checkpointing. So yeah, yeah, uh, yeah happy with that. Seven out of ten. Uh, let's go jungle. Uh, cooperative uh, light gun arcade game uh, you play. Um, like in all of these games where they uh, pair um, two partners together. I think um, I think you may have just split up or you're certainly arguing a lot on holiday. Uh, you get put through some extreme situations. You bicker with each other. Um, it's a light gun game uh, with some sort of... Um, some complementary quick time events that if you do them right if you hit the buttons at the same time or if you aim in certain ways at the same time you influence uh the root of the story but plus you bond more it's like if, if, a, if a, a naughty spider's about to get kate and i shoot it i get like we get a little compatibility things and all that sort of stuff um it's fun it's silly uh it's um very very enjoyable we kept, uh, it has two routes throughout it. I'd never finished it before, actually. Kate um, did. And I, I was a little little concerned that, you know, effectively having infinite money would reduce the desire or the impact of the game. Uh, we played both routes through um, with infinite continues. We counted out the money it would have cost us to have done that in the, in the arcade, in our own arcade that we do own, and with all the money in it. We'd have put... Um, like about 17 18 pounds between us on each playthrough so the light guns are already paying for themselves <laughs> you'll be in profit soon we'll be in profit uh yeah thoroughly enjoyable um and uh, i'll be working through some other light gun games over the coming weeks and months so look forward to that seven out of ten fantastic i can't wait for your summer party when we bounce up and down on your trampoline shooting oh, light 100%. guns at your neighbors yeah it's... and yeah uh, and Operation Wolf's coming back this year. Um, I'm it? looking forward to buying House of the Dead remake when it goes on the Steam sale. That's out at the moment. That's Sindon, Sindon compatible. So, yeah, I, it did strike me that I am slowly turning the house into a pub, uh, just with all the Perfect. stuff in it. Yeah, I just need some draft, a draft uh, beer dispenser next. Maybe I should go around there to watch the playoff final instead. Do do. Time. Uh, good. Right. That is. Almost the end of the show. Um, should mention that, yeah, we had a great time at Marioki last night and we currently don't have a date for June because we don't have a venue for June. So if you are listening to this and know a place that Marioki could perform in June, please let me know. Uh, otherwise, might have a month off. Might be back in July. Um, uh, the Ashes start in June, Steve. So, you know, feet up. will be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Good, it's been sport-heavy this show, hasn't it? Yeah, I haven't even got onto how angry I am about the treatment of Ben Folks. Anyway, maybe I can talk about that in the podcast intro. Thank you, Simon. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Phil. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, See you next week, or not. Goodbye. Goodbye. (laughs)